going to be a little bit of twofold uh, because part of Return Ministries has been the Decision Tree of Aging, which is what Mark had been working on up to the time of the the stroke. And uh, the first publication of the book came out shortly after all of that happened. So uh, this has been something that was always very uncomfortable for me to talk about. <laughs> you know, uh, I can remember when he was talking to my parents about everything and getting stuff set up, and he was like, you need to sit down and listen to this. I'm like, no. <laughs> um, and it's just a conversation that's not comfortable. And I've uh, obviously we've learned through this that age does not discriminate. <laughs> so um, we all need to be prepared. And so I'm not going to go into great lengths of, of the book, it's filled with just um, possible scenarios and uh, what is good to have ready and what is good to have prepared so that your family doesn't have to go through so much on the other side. Um, and, you know, we've learned throughout this process that um, we should have communicated a whole lot better. <laughs> and, you know, um, thank goodness we had uh, had a conversation three days prior, so I knew somewhat of what the desires were, because had I not, the fight that I had all these months with doctors and medical personnel would have been a whole lot more challenging. Nothing has gone smoothly through this whole process, uh, so having um, more things in place are very much helpful for you. Uh, the book is being sold on Amazon. I do have a few copies here. Uh, the Genesis, who um, is behind this book, which is the mediation company that Mark worked for as well, uh, they have brought us into the company and have made it to where 50% of all the book sales will go back to help our family. So we're very grateful for that. So if you want to talk to me more about uh, the decision tree, feel free. I feel the book is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, Mark had all the trainings and classes and so forth and did presentations, and I'll be meeting with um, Randy Kinnison, who is the other co-author of the book um, and who kind of generated this whole uh, dishes and tree to see if I could maybe get a little more training myself. Even though I sit under all of Mark's stuff, I feel I could probably be a little bit more prepared and, and better equipped. Um, I was part of a podcast a few months ago and focusing on the decision tree, and I will be plugged into um, a panel that will be traveling around um, through the city depending on uh, where the need is for speakers and um, a panel of people to just answer questions and me being on the younger side and what that looks like and uh, what kind of preparation um, is beneficial for those of us who are a little bit younger. So that was kind of interesting. I'd never really, I'd done radiothons with City Team before and talked a little bit, but to have like a whole half hour was a little nerve wracking, but it actually, they told me it'll go by fast, don't worry. And I had another board member, Dennis Catmull with me. And so he's a real good talker. So that, <laughs> that helped. Um, but it was just um, interesting and neat to have that experience. And then to be asked afterwards if I would be willing to be part of a panel that could be utilized in the future. So it's something that they're putting together and just another ministry opportunity for, 
for me, for us, uh, when that time comes. So throughout um, this whole journey and process that we've been going through, uh, the question has often come up about what was going to happen with return. And initially, uh, they just had Mark, the board did on medical leave. And um, after X amount of months, the question was posed, is this something we just need to cease until Mark is able to um, step back up? And what would that look like? So throughout that process of knowing that that conversation was coming up, I began to pray and ask God what he would have for the ministry. And was that something we were supposed to do? So I went to Mark and I said, do you feel that we should stop? And he said, no. So I started asking God, what um, could I possibly do? Throughout our years of ministry, we've always been um, a team and we've done everything together and we all had our, our set um, ministries within each other's that we did. When return started, um, I was working full-time, still am at the daycare, and Mark was solely return and mediation, and a lot of what we did was within his wheelhouse and within his talents and so forth, and so I was kind of the helpmate that came alongside. I would be a part of various counseling sessions. I would do visitations and things like that, but there were oftentimes we had that discussion of what can I really do or how to, how do you really see me fitting into this ministry? And so the Lord started showing me that it was kind of my turn to step up and um, carry this on until we could do it as a couple again. And the thought didn't scare me. I started out as a single missionary, did this stuff on my own for almost two years, traveled all over the United States, drove um, how many thousands of miles, um, so that wasn't an issue, but I was like, okay, Lord, that's an awful lot um, to take under with everything else that's going on. <laughs> How is this going to work? And then he just started bringing um, situations into our lives and into my life and um, to utilize the skills and the knowledge that I have had throughout all these years of ministry. The first... Um, one that really uh, came about and it kind of um, with our experience with city team and, and addiction, uh, it was one of my coworkers and she had a teenage, has a teenage stepdaughter who has been a runaway multiple times. And all this just happened um, just since January and realized that she had a severe drug addiction problem. And so to be able to sit down and pray with her and to counsel with her, as to what this could possibly look like. And the daughter has now been going through treatment and, and so forth, has a lot of issues going on. And so we're just praying that those will get resolved and she will be able to figure those out. But as my coworker began to talk more, um, she had been dropped off at church as a child every Sunday to go to Sunday school. Parents never stayed. So she knew who God was, but she had never done anything about that beyond that and um, through this process and through sitting and talking with her and she would come every morning um, she had two younger kids that are going to the school to where I teach as well and um, the older one came home with a bible 
a children's Bible. And so they started reading him stories every night. And she would come in to work the next morning and say, did you know? And she'd go through the whole story. Like, yeah. And she goes, I never realized that. So then we would expand on that and what, what, um, you know, further, what further down what the story meant. And, uh, then we would have times of prayer on our break times. And, you know, she shared with me that through this whole process is when she was beginning to see who God truly was and what he truly meant to her. And so she still has a ways to go. Um, she's since got another job because they'll be moving to Scapoos. But the plan is for us to at least get together once a month for a Bible study together, but then we'll be keeping in touch um, through texts and so forth. Uh, you, she looks at me kind of as a mother, which you know, just really makes me feel old, but she is a lot younger than me. Um, and you know, I was blessed. Mother's Day, her and her husband came over and worked on our lawn and left us dinner and a wonderful card. And I felt bad because you know she said, I feel you deserve this more than my mom does. And I was like, okay, well, that's not the right attitude either so we kind of talked a little bit about that but uh that's the first situation god brought into my life and um we are continuing to watch that grow and and she's one of those personalities that could really be on fire and really have a tremendous testimony and so her name is tia so if you could remember tia and prayer and her family and and um the adjustments that they will still have to go through once uh, their daughter does come back home uh, the next one would, um, obviously we've been praying for, uh, David Wayne and, uh, throughout these past few years, I have been a mentor with Providence Cancer Center and, um, just done a lot of phone, uh, conversations, but I think I've shared this in the past. What they do is they'll e email me a name, um, the type of cancer. And so they try to keep it in within the same family, so to speak. So all the People I've talked to have either dealt with oral cancers or thyroid cancers. And so they are given my name. And if they want to talk or if they want to just listen to someone else's story, they notify the department there at Providence that they would like someone to give them a call. And then they email us the information. And so we call and we just talk to them. And they may just want to talk one time. If they want us to call them back, then we do so and do follow-up things. Uh, so when this, uh, cancer that, uh, David Wayne, um, ended up having, you know, that was right in my wheelhouse. And so God has been able to, uh, use me to be able to go and speak with him and to, uh, try and be an encouragement to David and Delena and Victoria. Um, I'm hoping to do more. I've had one nasty cold after another. So going face to face has not been an option. So pray that, you know, I could be healthy for a, a certain duration of time so I could be a little bit more effective in that way. And granted, my mine was not as severe as his, and he has had quite the journey, and he has fought it um, with, I told him, with style. But uh, he's it's been amazing to see um, his strength through all of this. So God continues to bring those opportunities my way as well. <clears throat> Another one that just happened this last, a week ago Saturday. We've had a family that we have worked with for many years that 
uh, we're a part of City Team. They're one of our Latino families. And when Mark was doing community outreach, um, Araceli and her family would come down once a month, or was it once a week? And they would cook a meal down at the mission for um, all the homeless. And then Mark did Bible studies over in their community, and she was part of that group. It has been interesting to see throughout the years that we have not been with City Team that that relationship has remained constant and we get invited to every event possible that they have and it's always interesting. Uh, last year, I think it was just a year ago, they invited us to their wedding and both Mark and I looked at each other and we're like, we thought they were married already. I mean, they had kids, teenagers. Um, and, and so we asked later, we were like, so you're not married? And they said, no. Um, Araceli has been battling stomach cancer for the last three years now. And so they decided that it was time to um, make it official. And so I'll just share the story. It'll, it'll lengthen the time here. I'm looking, I'm like, boy, those minutes are going by really slow today. <laughs> uh, so we go to this, we-, we get the invite, we go to the wedding. It's a Catholic wedding in Gresham. And we get out of the car. Okay, I'm wearing white pants, turquoise top. It's summer, you know. We're all decked out, you know, kind of like Mike. We're all just light colored. We're looking at everybody, and everyone's in black and red. And I looked at Mark. I said, was there something in the invitation that we were supposed to wear a certain color? He said, I don't think so. So one of the boys comes out in his text. I said, Brandon, were we supposed to be wearing black and red? He said, yes, it was on the invitation. I looked at Mark. I said, we're sitting in the back of the church. So we get in there. We sneak in the very back pew. Well, Araceli looks at Mark as her brother, and Natalia, which is mom, calls him her son, even though Natalia and Mark are very not too far apart in age. Uh, The procession starts. Natalia comes down first, and she looks at Mark. She's like, no, you are family you come up with us. So marched us all the way to the front of the church. And also we're the only white people there. So nothing like standing out. So we sat there through the ceremony, and then um, they had the reception over in Vancouver at some Grange or something, and we picked up Reed because he was working, and we thought, okay, we'll get there late enough. We will have missed all the big to-dos, and it'll be good. You know, we can be, we can be more inconspicuous. So we get there. The wedding party had pretty much finished eating, so where did they place us? At the head table, where the wedding party had been, so marched us all the way past all the people. So we're eating, and and all of a sudden, curtain opens up behind us, and the mariachi band starts playing, and smog starts going everywhere, and so we start coughing. Natalia, mom, comes up and goes, oh, no, no, no. Has us get up, walks us over to a full table, makes people get up, tells them to go somewhere else and sits us down and we're like okay <laughs> you know once again only white people let's uh, let's uh, let, <laughs> let's make um, ourselves a spectacle so and they had us out there dancing and the stuff we do for them but we love them and uh, their youngest had his 15th birthday a week ago Saturday so we were invited to that party and it was out at a park and we haven't seen them in quite a while and that's partially a big part my fault god um, had been convicted me convicting me on that she has been too sick to come and see mark and she has wanted to uh, and so she had te- uh, messaged me and she said i want you to know that i fully gave my heart to god and 
I know you think, okay, if she was a part of this, this um, Bible study group, how's that possible? Well, he worked with a lot of people who were not believers and used them as, as um, tools, so to speak. And, and so she has had the tools all these years to work with. And, you know, I'm sure with the cancer, it's kind of making things even more real because the doctors have said there's nothing more they can do for her. She could continue with more chemo, but she gets severely sick with that. So she's doing some natural stuff now and says she's feeling better. But the Lord has convicted me this last week that I need to start figuring out a way to get over there to do whether it's a weekly Bible study or a biweekly Bible study with her. So, you know, if any of y'all are fluent on your Spanish, you can just come right alongside because that will be the challenge. Um, she knows very few words, even though she's gone to English class. So usually her son is, or her husband's one of the translators while her husband works. And there will come a point where when school starts that Brian won't be around to be that translator. And I don't want to just wait for those opportunities. So, um, I'm looking for somebody who might want to come and do some translating with me, uh, for me, I should say. Um, they are just a wonderful family and would do anything and everything for you. Ubaldo, who's the husband, does construction stuff, so he's always, there were some things that had to be fixed at the house after everything had happened, and um, someone else came over and repaired it. And he's like, I told you I would come over and I would fix it for you. And I said, yeah, but you're so busy yourself. So they're always looking for ways to, to help us, but um, they have a lot on their plates as well. So if you could remember to pray for Araceli and Ubaldo and their two boys. Their oldest boy is Reed's age and just got out of prison, uh, jail. He'd been there for 10 months. Don't quite know the story behind it because the park and so many people wasn't the time to sit and really ask questions. She had just stated that her heart was hurting. Now he was there. He had just gotten out. And he talked with Reed and I but didn't go into anything. Uh, but they have a lot of heartache going on between our Sully's cancer and what they are having to deal with 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 Brian. So if you could remember them in prayer and how God would use me in that situation and, and that I would manage my time wisely because there are many ministry opportunities that are available out there. And uh, again, I feel that God has said we're supposed to carry on what we've been doing. And I believe that guy back there will be joining me pretty soon. And, uh, the last few days, he's he's has said some words, and uh, he was doing the standing frame the other day, and they have him up for like ten minutes, and then they bring him down and have him sit for a little bit. And I don't know if you've heard some of his his uh, sighs that he does that have some voice behind it. Sometimes when it's really quiet in here, I feel bad, like stop. But the, so the other day, he did a oh my. <laughs> Oh my what? And he frowned at me. I said, There's gotta be more. I said, You heard it, right? And he's like, he kinda like rolls his eyes at me like I'm annoying him. I don't know why. But anyways, and then Rose was over Friday and we were, you know, pray, playing a rousing game of Uno. And first he wasn't wanting to participate a whole lot, but then he realized he beat her. And he was very proud of himself. And then from there on, and so at one point we said something, and he said, okay. And I'm like, Rose, did you hear that? And she's like, yes. So there, it's there, and it's coming more frequently. And we're mouthing a lot more frequently and communicating better. So 
you know, it's slow, but it's steady. And I thank you all. I don't know how, and I've said this before, we could go through this journey without the church family that we have. We're small, but <laughs> the support that we have had has just been tremendous, and we've been so blessed. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts, and we'll continue to say thank you because we're not done. <laughs> uh, and thank you for the opportunity. A lot of you have been supporters of ours and continue to be, and so thank you for allowing us to continue this ministry and this journey. Another thing that the Lord laid on my heart, it might have been like one of the very first things. I don't know how many of you have sat in ICU for hours and days on end, but there's times where you just sit there and you forget to eat. You forget to, I got it. I got think. I know. I know. I try to, I try to use, sorry. You know, you forget to eat. You forget to drink. You forget, you know, you're just weary. And those three weeks were very long that we had. And I was blessed by people who brought me different things to snack on or to drink or just a soft blanket to have. You know, those hospital blankets, they bring you a warm one, but when they're cold, they're kind of, oh, well, they're not, they're not cozy. So the Lord brought to mind um, baskets of blessings is what I'm calling them. Uh, through this whole process, my mom has collected scripture that people have sent her or that the Lord has laid on her hearts. And it's just pages of healing scripture. And we would read those at Overmark um, multiple times a day. And uh, as I started putting together, what would a basket look like that I could uh, give to the ICU units and say, if there's a family here who could use this, please pass it on. So we were wanting to put together baskets and just have you know, snacks, whether it's granola bars, some bottles of water. Yes, you could get water there, but sometimes just, you know, opening up that bottle. A cozy blanket uh, will have these scripture verses in there. My mom was like, do you think you'll get in trouble by the hospitals having all the spiritual stuff in there? But I don't know. We'll find out. And it'll have a return business card in there. You know, this isn't going to be the answer. This isn't going to heal the family. This isn't going to heal the person who's sick. But to let them know that there's hope. Um, had we not had the hope that we had, he wouldn't be here. <laughs> you know, after six weeks, they were ready to write him off. And so I think in those days, of, there were some rooms where nobody ever came to visit whoever was in there. Others who were as discouraged and, and uh, I shouldn't say frustrated as we were, but I often thought, you know, I wonder if they have the hope in Christ to know that no matter what the outcome was, that there is still joy. And so I just want us to be able to offer that to other people uh, that may not have that. And so um, we are putting together these baskets, collecting donations for that, uh, which brings me to September 7th, which is a Saturday at 7 p.m. We will be having a benefit concert here uh, to support Return Ministries. And one of the things I uh, want to have are just some bins that if people wanted to bring 
a few items to put in those that we could start building these baskets and take them to the various ICU units um, around the area. And so it's just another way to outreach and another way to be uh, ministry to somebody. And if they look at the card and want to call and just talk, and like I said, I'm not going to have those answers or guarantee that your spouse or your loved one is going to be healed, but I can tell you that there is something uh, worth living for and um, worth rejoicing in. Throughout uh, that process, some of the verses that stuck with me, uh, Deuteronomy 31, 6, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid for the Lord your God. He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. <clears throat> Another one, and I've, this has pertained to Mark, this has pertained to the ministry. Think big when you pray, but remember that I always think bigger. And the returns kind of, I don't know what you say, floundering, not floundering. Uh, the, the, the monies, we keep, we keep plugging away month to month, and the Lord continues to provide, and it's kind of just like what we need. But our goal is to just kind of have that built up so that it doesn't become um, a worry. But like I said, I know that God has called us to do this, and he's going to provide some way, somehow. And I have to give him full control because me worrying about it does not help. And that has been something that I've really learned and taken to heart this year. And you would have thought in all my years of ministry that, you know, I would have got it by now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, throughout this whole process, realizing that worrying is not going to get us anywhere. Worrying is not going to speed up the healing process. Sorry. But God has his timing. And for that, I am grateful. Um, often people are like we thought, things will be further along by now. And I said, I've learned to just, I don't know when it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. Um, you know, God has spoken to some pretty significant people in my life, and ones that I don't even know, who have sent me messages, who um, God has spoke clearly to them on what they feel he has in store for Mark. And uh, the journey is not over. Mark's work is not done. <laughs> so uh, just when that will be, we're not quite sure. So thank you for your continued prayers, your continued support. And, uh, you know, pray that more ministry opportunities come my way. There's always something every day, but, you know, some tangible, significant things that, that we could be a part of and that uh, we can make, continue to make a difference in people's lives. And, um, you know, we kind of look at it as, we're a story of faith, hope, and love. And uh, we have that that we can offer to others. So thank you.